Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome into the Tuesday, April the 3rd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, your slightly inebriated host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we continue the defensive side of the football preview, diving into the linebackers and Kevin Dern's piece on LockedOnDolphins.com, a deep study of the linebacker class in this month's upcoming draft. Also, the Dolphins announced their camp dates, an interesting photo of Ryan Tannehill surfaces, and we open the Twitter mailbag to take your questions and tell you about perhaps the most important dolphin in 2018. But first, before all that starts, you guys know the drill by now. I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and review. Seems like a lot more local podcasts are popping up now. So let's get the Locked On Dolphins podcast in front of all those and make this your number one site for all Dolphins information. Give me a follow on Twitter at Winkful NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Check out the number one rated blog in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. And of course, last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On Magic podcast for all the local NBA coverage of your favorite Florida teams. And I mentioned off the top that I might be a little bit under the influence, I suppose, but I'm on vacation, so that's okay. And you guys know that I'm recording this podcast from the Oregon coast where I am vacationing for the week. So just kind of spent the day going to some breweries, walking on the beach, showing my Dolphins garb here in the Northwest and just kind of putting some interesting looks on some folks' faces. I walk around with a Washington State Cougars sweatshirt, a Miami Dolphins beanie, and a Seattle Mariners koozie over my beer as I kind of spread my wealth in terms of fandom across those three teams. But nonetheless, here we are recording the Dolphins podcast late on a Monday night for Tuesday morning. And while there's not a lot of news going on around the Dolphins, we can still continue the defensive preview, talk about Kevin Dern's awesome piece, and just kind of get you guys up to date on the recent goings around Wow, goings around. We're creating new phrases here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, but I gave that disclaimer off the top, so I feel a little less responsible for this. Let's go ahead and just get into this and stop this incoherent rambling and talk about the defensive preview and some camp updates for the Miami Dolphins. That's another Miami Dolphins. So it is first down here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, and we announced off the top of the show that we're going to talk about some dates for the Miami Dolphins coming up and obviously we have the schedule coming out probably here in a couple of weeks we have the draft at the end of the month coming out but the Dolphins have announced some practice dates for the upcoming couple of months some OTA some organized activities as well some mandatory camps for the rookies and the veterans involved so the Dolphins will open their their spring camp or their spring practice or their spring workouts whatever you call that phase on April the 16th is when players can start to report to the facility get in touch with the coaches go over the playbook and start actually working out as a team at the facility the period between the end of the season till up till that point on April 16th there are some rules in regards to what the players and coaches can do in terms of communication and getting that playbook out to those guys. So they're officially allowed to get back into the facility and working with the team on April 16th. They'll have non-mandatory practices 
OTAs, I should say, on May the 22nd through May the 24th. They're at the end of May, May the 29th, and May the 31st. And then they'll come back again on June the 11th through June 14th. And the mandatory camp is June 5th through June 6th. So the Dolphins will be back in camp in May and June. You guys know this already. And look at the rookies in camp for those second camps and get them on the field, in the practice field, in the weight room, in the film room, working on everything they possibly can to get themselves ready for their first professional year as NFL football players. And just a couple of things to look at. You know, it seems like every year we have different guys that pop out of the realm of unknown and, and assert themselves as a guy that we should keep a, keep an eye on for training camp. That's kind of the most important thing is you're looking at the guys that can make a name for themselves and get themselves in position to actually have their name be recognized on training camp opposed to just having the tape across the helmet and you know a number on the back of the jersey and they don't really know who they are more like camp bodies that are there to exist because when you go from 90 guys down to 53 almost half the men in that building are losing their jobs so these are guys that you want to kind of identify as people to look at at camp and hope to see continued progress for them because this is a long haul for the guys that will shine in this portion of practice obviously these practices mean absolutely nothing training camp means nothing preseason means nothing because every single year you have teams that come out of nowhere that were bad through all that process and they turn out to be good teams and vice versa so you just never really know what's going to happen but as we hone in on this upcoming camp or this upcoming offseason organized team activities to put it in the nfl's phrase I'm reminded of two guys, and they play the same position. And this probably makes sense as a receiver because these guys aren't going to be wearing pads. They'll be she- they'll just be in helmets and shorts, so you know buckets and shorts, so to speak. And they won't be doing anything that's really football related, as opposed to just more combined running around in their underwear type of things and catching footballs. So, I mean, I remember last year it was Drew Morgan, the receiver that really made a name for himself and guys, a guy that people really wanted to see going forward. He didn't really fall up in preseason or in camp. Got himself off the roster at some point, back on, coming back and forth between practice squads. So never really made a step up. I've heard his name mentioned as a possible Jarvis Landry replacement going forward. That's pretty hopeful or wishful to think that's going to happen. But it just reminds me of going back to a receiver from the 2008 season. And I've always been apprehensive about crowning these guys during this stage of the process. And Back then, it was Devon Best, the Hawaii undrafted free agent. And this, you know, like I said, this can be a bit of fool's gold, but it's just always interesting to see who comes through. It seems to always be a skill player, like I mentioned, a wide receiver. And Devon Best, going back to 2008 out of Hawaii, he just, he was so quick and shifty and he caught everything that was thrown at him. That's something these guys have to do. You have to catch every ball. You have to show up on time. You have to just be perfect. It really is the case because if you're not going to outwork a sixth round draft pick, you're never going to make the roster ahead of them. So interesting time to look at there, but I'm wondering if going into these practices, if might the offense might actually be ahead of the defense because it always seems like this time of year, the defense tends to be a little bit ahead of the offense going through camp and into training camp. But this year, the Dolphins offense appears to be the superior looking unit of the team. So maybe that could be the case this year in camp, mini camp, all that stuff. So I'd like to see who shines through in the undrafted free agents and is the offense ahead of the defense in this case. We'll go ahead and get into the defense, particularly the linebackers on the other side of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Pressing on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. This is day six, I believe, of the roster inventory we are taking throughout the course of the two weeks here. Talking about the offense last week and now the defense and kind of where the roster is in terms of 
Will it get better than last year? Will it get worse? Where do they rank amongst the rest of the league? And we had a great piece on LockedOnDolphins.com right after my Ryan Tannehill piece went up. Kevin Dern wrote a piece talking about the linebacker prospects, kind of taking inventory of where this current roster is and kind of setting it up for the long-term haul and seeing just kind of where the Dolphins can improve the group. And he writes it like this. The right outside linebacker is Kiko Alonso. The middle linebacker is Rayquad McMillan. And then the left side slash strong side, he kind of delegates this defense or I guess terms this defense in terms of right and left because in the wide nine and these guys' positions there's not really a strong side weak side so he kind of identifies it by side of the defense and the right side is Kiko Alonso middle is Rayquan McMillan the left side Chase Allen and then you have Stefan Anthony and Mike Hole there to back those guys up so really a very thin group there like I said there are five guys here that really kind of figure into the mix the Dolphins are going to have to attack that position in the draft and Kevin goes over this group here that he really likes and he his favorite guy is the same one as mine talking about Rashawn Evans the Alabama linebacker just the way he defeats blocks the way he and the best term I heard in terms of what he can do on his way to a pile is Daniel Jeremiah from the Move the Sticks podcast said that he might not be the prettiest looking guy, but on his way to the football, he's going to cause a 10-car pileup, and I just love hearing that. He's fast, he's athletic, he's 235 pounds, really fits the prototype for what they want at the position there, and that's Kevin's favorite pick there at the position as mine as well. Not so much as Roquan Smith, a little bit less in Tremaine Edmonds, but we do like those players both, and you can go on and kind of find out more about which of those guys he likes there at LockedOnDolphins.com. He's got plenty of gifs. He's got targets by round. Round one is the three that I mentioned, round two, three three Jerome Baker from Ohio State some of the guys that are listed there Malik Jefferson from Texas so a really really good piece there for you guys you can check that out lockedondolphins.com right now but it just kind of puts into perspective how bad this group is and how far behind the Dolphins rank among the other teams in the NFL and why you can see that a lot of fans are really concerned about the overall position of this group and where it's going to be long term and even in 2018 I mean so much hinges on Raekwon McMillan I'm going to talk about that here on the other side of the podcast but it's just without him if he goes down again you are really 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 thin at that position and obviously we're not going to bank on him getting hurt again that seemed to be more of a freak thing special teams first play of the preseason luckily he was hurt in early August I guess is the best silver lining about that injury but it, it just seems like this team is going to rely on Kiko Alonso to to make more of an impact in 2018 than he did in 2017. You can talk about the injuries. You can talk about maybe some of the things on the defense around him weren't going well, but the matter of fact is that he looked very slow in changing directions. We had Simon Clancy on the podcast about a month ago talking about how when he was up in the press box in Carolina that he and other Dolphins beat writer kind of made eye contact and just kind of like, yeah, you know, that's not a guy that belongs on the field in regards to when he got shook by Christian McCaffrey that night in Charlotte. And then you go beyond that, and Stephon Anthony was brought in for a fifth-round draft pick, which on draft day, that's not a lot of that's not a lot of capital to give up or, or you know, at this time of year. But when it's in season, when you're close to that trade deadline, a fifth-round draft pick is, is a really high price to pay for a guy that a team is looking to sell off midseason. Typically, you don't get those guys for cheap or or for I guess I should say for expensive because the teams are more willing to part ways those guys at that time of year it's just more of a throwaway than anything so the Dolphins take you know a big resource and put it into Stephon Anthony and he's a he's a sub package type of player possibly an athletic guy that can do more in coverage but last year it didn't really show up a whole lot he had moments and flashes I tweeted out I believe images of him or I should say gifs of him doing that type of stuff but it just wasn't very consistent he got ran over in that Buffalo game a little bit up there in Orchard Park in New York so he needs to step it up. 
Chase Allen and Mike Hole both are very limited guys. I know Ray Malaluga was here for a little bit last year, and he, he kind of contributed to the run defense for a little bit until he got himself in trouble with the law again. So those guys kind of fill that role as B-gap to B-gap linebackers, guys that can step in and kind of fulfill that run defense, run fit type of role. But this group, I just don't see a lot of upside with it right now. I don't see a lot of reason to think that they can turn it around quickly just with the guys they have on the roster. So I am ranking them 28th across the rest of the league. And it just seems like this group has a long way to go. And, you know, while I won't commit fully to a linebacker at pick 11, I mean, listen, this is this is a big-time team need, but I'm just really hesitant to pick put the 11th pick of the draft on a guy that may never be a 100% snap taker, a guy that can play every single snap, never leaves the field the way the best middle linebackers or linebackers in general do, whether that's Bobby Wagner or Luke Keekley and a bunch of other guys that top that list as well. But this group, it just really, really reply, relies upon Raekwon McMillan. And earlier back in the offseason, I mentioned that Charles Harris was the most important piece to this team going forward into 2018, simply because he was a young guy that was a little bit unknown. He had shown flashes as a rookie, but you come back into 2018 and with how bad the free agent class was at that time and how limited the draft class was at that time, when you look beyond Bradley Chubb or Marcus Davenport, there just weren't a lot of guys that you could feel comfortable about coming in as rookies and contributing right away for this team. And I think the same thing applies to the linebacker group with Raquan McMillan now that Robert Quinn has been brought in. William Hayes was re-signed, and it sounds like they're going to work on an extension for Cameron Wake to get him to hopefully end his career in Miami where he fully belongs. We'll talk about that on the other side of the podcast as well. But it just thinks I, I think that Raquan McMillan is the guy that really – kind of is the glue for this defense they're going to have to have him step up in a big way for this team to be competitive in 2018 on the defensive side of the football all right guys that's going to do it for this part of the podcast we're going to get to your twitter mailbag here in just one second you can follow me on twitter at Winkle nfl and the show at locked on fins let's get to your questions here on the twitter mailbag on the locked on dolphins podcast and we've got one more segment here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, the Twitter mailbag, and I can see that the mailbag has not delivered like it has in the past. Just four questions from you guys today. And while it's going to be a slow period from here up until the draft, probably, I understand that. We're kind of heading in towards a dead period. And once the draft does hit, that's when the NFL really, really slows down. But I wanted to take this opportunity to thank you guys for all of the support, all the love, all the tweet engagements, all the the post clicks, the podcast downloads, everything you guys have done made us so, so popular in March. And I could not be more appreciative of what you guys did for the Lockdown Dolphins Network here and building this local thing into a conglomerate that we're hoping to get it towards. And that's kind of, you know, David Locke, the Lockdown Network's owners. That's his vision is to become a network base of, of broadcasting companies and blogs and dot coms and things that can dominate the sports sphere and give everybody the best coverage of their favorite teams because who knows the teams better than the guys that have followed those teams their entire careers and get rid of those lazy national narratives in terms of stuff that gets the Dolphins ranked 32nd on the ESPN power ranking so we're gonna hope to press on and keep on doing this for you guys for a long time and I love answering the questions on Twitter you guys ask some great questions so let's go ahead and get into that the first question comes from Juice he is at Airx Alpha seventeen twenty he asks if you had to choose between Mayfield Roquan Smith and Derwin James who would it be and why very very easy for me Derwin James is my favorite player in this entire class I have him as the number one overall player on my board so I'm going to take him vehemently he can put play anywhere on the defense he can be your slot nickel guy he can be a single high 
safety. He can play down in the box. Whatever you ask him to do, he's going to win. He's going to change the way your defense approaches the game. He's going to change the way your young guys study. He will be more than just a player for the Miami Dolphins. He'll be a complete culture changer. And I could not be more excited about the opportunity or the possibility of getting Derwin James. Baker Mayfield is going to be a very good quarterback. I don't think the Dolphins will have a crack at him. Roquan Smith, less excited about him than the other two guys. Next question comes from Greg Larson. That's at GSL now. With all this talk about adding a third safety, what kind of signs has the Dolphins shown that they that says they will play more dime? We rarely played dime at all last year. Very simple question. Very simple answer for that, Greg, is that Tony Oden coming over from Detroit, he will now coach the, the Dolphins defensive backs. He was one of the higher coaches in terms of defensive back usage with the dime package and more defensive backs on the field. Tavon Wilson ran that role over there with the Lions, and we were hoping to maybe get a crack at him, but he signed back with the Lions. But he'll come over here. And then Matt Burke talked about it a lot in the offseason as well, saying that we got to get more guys, or we quote-unquote need a guy that can fulfill that role and be a guy that comes onto the field. You'll recall they had Michael Thomas kind of running that role a lot in the past. And Michael Thomas, for as great as a guy he is, as great of a special team player he is, he's just not that good at defense and playing safety. So when he gets on the field, you're not getting better. I'd rather just have linebackers that can do what they do best opposed to putting a bad safety on the field. So I think you're absolutely going to see a safety added and I think you're absolutely going to see a lot more dime packages this year. Next question comes from football noob at Finns nude. Your thoughts on the tight end that was waived today. I, I imagine that's Clive Walford. I'm not sure what that's in reference to. The Dolphins didn't get a crack at Clive Walford. He signed with the New York Jets, or was claimed off waivers, I should say, who are higher on the waiver claim than the Miami Dolphins are. So the fact that they got him just means the Dolphins never had a crack at him. You know, he's a marginal player in Oakland. He was a better pass catcher than run blocker. Possibly could have been a guy that fit there, but the Dolphins, I don't know if we'll find out if they put a claim on him, but the Jets go ahead and gobble him up. So the Dolphins don't get a crack at him. And then the last question comes from Julian Luco. That's at Julian underscore Luco. Any indication as to what Miami wants to do with his defense moving forward? Offense looks pretty clear. Defense, not so much. I think that they're kind of try to double down on the plan from last year and that they want to play from a lead. They want to unleash a solid pass rush and they want to get guys that can consistently give each other breathers and just stay fresh throughout the course of the game. Cam Wake, we all know what he does well, rushes the passer very well. Robert Quinn, we all know that he knows where his bread is buttered in getting after the quarterback. That's where he made his money in Los Angeles. You have Andre Branch, who was brought back on a big term contract as a starting role. He's more of a sub package player and a, and a a substitute, so to speak. Charles Harris, same thing. He's a, He was supposed to be a elite pass rusher. He played a little bit more inside, did better against the run than you expect him to as a rookie, but it just kind of shows you that what they're thinking is they can get ahead, get leads in games, unleash this pass rush, and try to be a dominant team that can sack the quarterback and create problems for the opposing passing offense. And that's why I think it's still a little bit strange they haven't addressed the defensive tackle position, because as good as Jordan Phillips and Devon Godshaw and Vincent Taylor are, in my opinion, I don't think any of the, those guys is particularly great at rushing the passer, at least when Jordan Phillips is hot, he is. But when he's in those inconsistent stretches that he tends to have, he tends to kind of fall off in the pass rushing department. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight's podcast. Again, thank you so much for writing into the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. And check out the Locked on Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show, at LockedOnFins. Follow our flagship show, at LockedOnNFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. And check out the number one rated blog in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you tomorrow for another edition of Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.